This week on The Clubhouse, it's just Anthony and me. We figured that after a year off, a reintroduction may be in order. On today's show, we talk about our history with the game of baseball, all of the craziness of Anthony's 2017, and a whole lot more. On to the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Hi. This is, it's been entirely too long since we have sat next to each other with microphones in front of our mouths. Wow. <laughs> Probably true. Seriously, when's the last time we recorded? No. Oh. I think our last episode was... Uh, Oh my goodness, I can't even remember. It was entirely, it might have been in the Yogi uh, episode last year. So yeah, no, we are, we are back. The Clubhouse podcast is back and better than ever? Well, it's, it's something. <laughs> we might have a few more ears tuning in, thanks to the wonders of social media and a, and a certain show. Oh goodness, what I, I mean, I guess we, if we want to start with that, let's, let's, let's answer the question as to why exactly we have not released an episode in a calendar year. What, what happened, Superstar? What's been, what's been going on? I got cast in a show and it's a TV show. A TV show? And it's a TV show that's kind of changed my life a bit yeah. and it um, films up in Toronto and it's an amazing thing to be a part of and it's called Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, but you really screwed us on that one. Sorry. It was really kind of... You know, Hashtag we, sorry, not sorry. We, we were very excited. Last year, I was, I was very excited. We had so many amazing guests lined up that we were going to do and it was going to be fun and it was going to be amazing. And then I hear, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of booked this TV show. It's like, oh, okay. They, they, they shoot TV shows here in New York. That could be fun. Oh, no, it's going to be in Toronto. Oh, how fantastic. And then it turns out that none of my <laughs> co-stars on the show care one iota about baseball. You know, I, I was able to actually uh, head up to Toronto a couple times, and, and I, I spent some time with your lovely cast. And they are wonderful, fantastic people who are very smart and talented and funny and blah, 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 blah. It broke my heart. I'm, I'm walking around set with my Tigers gear on. Nobody. I think maybe one or two crew people. Yeah, a couple crew people couple, like the Blue One Jays. or two crew yeah. people talked a uh, little Blue Jays baseball with yeah. me. But for the most part, there was just not even recognition that it was a logo of a baseball team at all. And that was just very depressing. But, old, old English D failed you. Ugh, for the first time ever, the Old English D the best logo in sports, by the way, uh, failed me. But all right, we're going to get to that in in a moment. So I, I want to kind of just take the first X amount of time here on this show, because like I said, this is, we may be having some new new ears, new new listeners to the podcast, which thank you so very much for, for listening to us. And I feel like we should probably maybe go a little bit, very briefly, into our baseball uh, history. Because for those of you who haven't listened to the Clubhouse podcast before, this is not a podcast that really 
dives deep into the nerdy parts of, of or at least the, the statistically nerdy parts <laughs> of baseball. I mean, with, with Anthony and I, it's kind of impossible not to be nerdy about, about baseball, but it's not really about the stats. It's not really about the numbers. It's not about the day-to-day goings-on of baseball. You've got a million different outlets for that. Our show is more about why we love the game, the romantic side of the game, our history with the game. And when we have guests on, it's about the history of their teams. You know, this is not a Cubs podcast. It's not a Tigers podcast. This is a baseball podcast where we talk about why we love baseball. It just so happens that I am a Tigers fan and Mr. Rapp is a Cubs fan. So and that- I was a Cubs fan for many, many years before they won the World Series. I'm not a fair weather. I did not jump on a bandwagon. I've been a Cubs fan for many, many years. You know, can I tell you, this is, uh, so a couple years back, oh, I don't know when this was, 14, 15, whenever it was when when you and I did uh, our baseball tour together, one of the things that made me immediately know that you were my brother in life and that you were a baseball nerd on my level was we were at, I think it was actually maybe our first ever baseball road trip. We were in DC. Was that our first game that we went to wow. not being in New York? I feel like that was our first non New York ball game together. We were in DC and there was that sports bar. Nationals fans should know this. There's a sports bar down the street from Nats Park. We'd gotten to the park several hours early because when you go to a ball game with Manish, you go several hours early. You, you'll notice that Manish refers to himself in the third person often, by <laughs> that, the way. That may have been the first time I've ever done that in my life. So <laughs> we'll see. But when you go to a ball game, Drinking with, game. With, with I, uh, then you uh, get there multiple hours early so that you can really explore the city, the stadium, everything around there. I always want to be the first person inside the gate so I can walk through every nook and cranny. Uh, but so we got there several hours before uh, first pitch, and we were at this sports bar and we sit down to grab whatever snacks we're going to get before the game and And we were watching the the cubs were playing the pirates on tv so so but they weren't on tv they were on well on tv on not they weren't on the tvs at the actual bar so you and i sat down and there was a cubs game happening and a tigers game happening and without checking with each other without asking each other it was okay without seeing if it was going to be rude to one another we both immediately took our, our cell phones out of our pockets, threw on at bat, put on our respective games, uh, kind of leaned them up against the salt shakers facing opposite directions. And so you and I are sitting across from each other at this table, but also with our screens in the lower left corner of our eyesight so that, yeah, we, we might be having a fun, friendly conversation, but our games are on right now. So that takes priority. I wouldn't do that with all people, by the way, just so you know, I want, and I don't think Manish would either that. Yes. I think it was just one of those things that we knew intrinsically that the other one not only wouldn't mind, but would be offended if the, (laughs) if the other one didn't watch their game. Yes. Um, but so yes, let's go into a little bit about your kind of baseball lineage. So as you said, you got very defensive there about your, your Cubs fan. Well, I mean, it's just, I'm just thinking back also, honestly, to when we first started this and some of the first interviews we did, um, like Tom Kitt was an early interview and you know, he's a Yankees fan. And I remember so vividly asking him, what is it like to be the fan of a team that has won the world series in your life? You know, some version of that. And now I, I know it's really cool, but so that's part of what made me think of it is that I had, I've had this relationship with this team for, you know, decades and, and it's a, I have a very different, it's a different place that I'm sitting now and standing and looking at 
the it Cubs. Is, it's it's a it's a it's a new frontier, and this is the first time that I, that I'm really thinking about it in terms of that. So, um, you know, growing up, to answer your question in a long-winded way, um, my dad. I didn't grow up in the same house as my dad, but my dad was still a part of my life, and he is you know born in Chicago, North Side. So he was a Cubs fan, not a not a Sox fan. Um, for those of you who don't know, in Chicago, there are the two teams and there's something of a divide among Chicago natives and people in the area, sometimes a pretty bitter divide um, between Cubs and Sox fans. I don't share that divide. I'm, I don't have anything against the White Sox. Um, but so he was a Cubs fan and he took me to games at Wrigley Field when I was a kid. And so it was like then that it, like some of the seeds were planted, but I can't say that I was like a huge baseball fan as a kid. I watched games that we had a lot of day games. So I would watch games after I got home from school. Um, my mom was a working single mother, so I was a latchkey kid. So, you know, I would watch some TV when I got home. My brother was pretty hardcore fan like he had baseball cards and all that stuff so we would sometimes watch together his older brother younger brother i'm sorry my older brother adam who's a wonderful writer and director and will finally be on a on this podcast at some point soon <laughs> we hope um so it, th those seeds were planted so I, I have like really nice sort of bucolic memories of the ballpark and of watching you know daytime tv with the ivy behind the batters and you know, really the fielders more than the batters, you know, the, the old school umpires with their big, I don't even know what you, those big, like, like they used to have the, the, the mattress looking like thing, the chest they, protector things that, but there was like just, a mattress. Yeah, no, that, that, that they, absolutely. They, they looked very boxy. They yeah. looked, yeah. <laughs> that they would sort of have to lift up. Um, so the, I have those kinds of memories, but it was, it was really like, in a way, I guess I became a sort of fair weather fan, sort of later in 2003, when, the Cubs were, it was the first time they won their division in, I don't even know, like decades, it seems. Cause they were a wild card team in like 80 or 98, but they won the, they won the division in 2003. So that was the first time they were on national television again. This is before at bat. This is before you could really watch Cubs games. I didn't have WGN as a cable network, so I couldn't see any games. Well, and also a big part of, of also why we want to start this podcast is you've had a very unique life, working life, and a lot of your working life happens at night. Yeah. And so it's very difficult for someone to follow the game before at bat, specifically before on-demand baseball and before, you know, to be able to watch a lot of live games when you've got shows happening every night or you've got matinees during the day, you know, it's it's tough. So I, that is, that's, I, I understand that. Like, it, it's... Uh, Right now, I'm helping a young man, uh, Ty Simpkins, actually, who uh, has been a guest on this show. I've been helping him develop his fandom, and it's been fun to watch a teenager become a fan of a sport, and a big difference between him and us growing up is he's got access to yes. all 30 teams 24 hours a day. And archived games. And archived and, games. It's yeah. a watching every day. He has no idea who he wants to be a fan of, and every single day I get a text that is... Okay, I'm a Cleveland fan now. I'm a Nationals fan now. That's just weird. He's got to sort himself out. I'm he's a Phillies to... fan. I'm a Dodgers fan. I'm an Angels fan. I'm a Giants fan. He's got. He's, he's got. To, he's got to figure that out. He's Ty, you got to figure that out. He's, he's, Ty, he's working on it. I love you. You got to figure it out. <laughs> but so yeah, sorry. So so it makes sense. Like I said, so being a fair weather fan back in the day wasn't so much fair weather because they were losing. It was more fair weather because you just didn't have the access to be able to see it. And then they were on you know, national television contending for the World Series. For those of you who don't know the history, they were five outs away from going to the World Series. So I watched all of, I was able to Against watch- then Florida Marlins. Yeah, the Florida, 
No, no, the Miami. Yeah. Yeah, they're Miami Marlins now. They were the Florida Marlins. They were the Florida yeah. Marlins. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> and that was the year, the first, the rookie season of your, one of your favorite Miguel movies. Cabrera. Yes. Um, so that was a really ex- incredibly exciting and then ultimately heart-rending experience watching them go through that and and really falling in love again with the ability to watch them and then and then that was like the early days where you could actually then continue to follow them so i then i like right away i was like all in again and and using the internet and using fantasy baseball and using every means to like deeply embed myself in the the love of this game that had always been a part of my awareness, like I said, but I hadn't fully embraced again until that point. And so now 15 years later, I'm, you know, I've been like all in ever since. Um, I've traveled through with you. We've, you've helped me, you know, I've visited all 30 stadiums until now I have one left again because Atlanta um, has the new stadium. Um, but I, I had already begun sort of that journey myself, even before I knew you going around seeing games in cities. But a lot of times when I was on tour in cities, the teams were out of town, (laughs) so I couldn't even do it when I, even when I wanted to. And a lot of the people I have worked with over the years, I've, one of the ways that we've bonded backstage is our shared love of baseball. So it was unusual to arrive on the set of (laughs) discovery and find zero people loved baseball. Well, that's one of those things that like I said, the, the, the reason why, I mean, we came up with this podcast idea years ago and, and a big part of it was that I don't think a lot of folks out there are fully aware of how deep the baseball love goes in a lot of these theaters or backstage at television or film or, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, not for whatever reason. It's all 80s comedies. We've got this jocks versus nerds, the the theater geeks and the and the you know math geeks and all that and all these nonsensical clickish things. And it's in my life, I've had a foot kind of in both worlds. I, I did musical theater when I was a kid, and then I kind of started doing sports and whatnot. And and I've always had a massive appreciation for both. And and it fills my heart when I meet other nerds that are open hearted to be like, you can like. More, more than one thing. It's it's okay to 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 be a Star Trek nerd. Now, full disclosure, in my life, I had never seen a Star Trek of any type. Uh, none of the movies, none of the TV shows, not even the JJ stuff. I just it for whatever reason, it kind of just didn't uh, come onto my radar. But oh boy, I mean, we'll we'll step out of of character here for a second, and I'll say something nice to you for a moment. And that is that, uh, yeah, Star Trek discovery is ridiculous. And, and, and what I think that's a compliment, by the way, ridiculous is a compliment for (laughs) me. It is, it is very cinematic. It is very intriguing. It is, uh, you know, I love all the, the, but whatever, this isn't a Star Trek review. Regardless, what, what I have found interesting is now that I'm talking to more Star Trek people and Star Trek fans and whatnot, uh, is that there is this weird, like, I don't want to say, disconnect's the wrong word, but like there's this apprehension, this like fear almost of a Star Trek person to admit that they're also a baseball fan (laughs) or a baseball fan not wanting to admit that they're a Star Trek person. And it's like, you can, it's cool. You know, it's fine. It's, it's, we're all super nerdy about, I mean, we're, Describe right now the what I am sitting in, Mr. Rapp. 
Manish is sitting in a chair that is in the shape of a baseball mitt. And my feet are on? Uh, an ottoman that is in the, the shape of, well, in the style of a baseball. It is a large baseball and a baseball glove. It is one of the nerdiest things one could ever have. And it is, yes, in my apartment. And I've somehow been able to get and maintain a girlfriend with this type of accoutrement in my in my building so <laughs> it is <laughs> so i'm saying you can be nerdy about anything so it's just it's and one of the things so one of the things uh, many of the things that i love about baseball are that you can follow a narrative of a season over the season there's so many it's um, i do feel like there's some parallel between theater and baseball and i've talked to my i i to name drop i have a brother-in-law who's a former player who's a, who won a world series with the reds in he's been on the podcast before he's been on the podcast hal, hal morris check out and that he and i've talked about this and he he share, he understands what i mean that there is a kind of kinship between theater people and baseball players in the sense of the grind of the schedule, you know, in theater, you do eight shows a week, you have one day off a week. Um, some, if you're on tour, you're traveling on your day. It's off. all a carny show. Like I said, that's why in my life, uh, the things that I, that I've been most obsessed with in my life, when I was a kid, I was massively obsessed with stand up comedy, with WWF wrestling, with theater, baseball, and honestly, I kind of, I always, I, I'm a carny. Like you and I talk about this all the time. I've always thought that I was born in the wrong era, that I should have been born in like 1920s Dust Bowl, Oklahoma, because I would have been a carny. I would have been a traveling, you know, carnival talker. And it's, it's because a lot of these things are incredibly similar. You know, theater, when you were doing If Then a couple years back and you guys were going from town to town and kind of setting up shop and entertaining the masses across the country, it is very similar to ball players who similarly go from town to town, set up shop for a couple of days, entertain the masses, and then move on to the next one. And right. it's, so there is, there, and we've had a lot of, I mean, uh, great actors on this podcast who have kind of echoed that statement who, you know, uh, go back and listen to, um, the Joey Slotnick episode. I think he talks about that. He also talks about the O three. Uh, uh, he was at that yes. game actually. I That's think, so crazy. Uh, which is insane. But we know John Hamm talked about it on here and then Jimmy Pardo and just a laundry list of, of people that talk about how baseball and entertain. I mean, and it is, it's all entertainment. I mean, baseball is, we call it a game, we call it a sport, but it's a TV show. Oh, you know, whether it's we're watching on television or live in the stands, you know, we, we take commercial breaks in when we go to the ballpark. So it's all a TV show. It's all entertainment. And there is a story. Every season has its story and every team has its story. It's micro story within the macro story of the season. And the narrative of each game has a narrative. And so it's like a three. Everything's a three act play. Yeah. The first three innings, the second three innings, and the third three innings. You've got different pitchers coming in. You've got your starter. You've got your middle relief. You've got your closures. You've got your bench guys. You've got it's it is, it, you know, and what I like about it is that <laughs> I think it was Rich Eisen or some news talker who recently who, who came out with some wonderful idea of you should be able to bat whoever you want in the ninth inning. Every once in a while, some crazy person comes up with, oh, it's ridiculous that in baseball, your best player isn't at bat, you know, when it matters the most. And it's like, that's what I love yeah. about baseball. The role players are what make it fantastic. Yeah. You're Dave Roberts stealing a base in 04. You're Delman Young in 2012 getting the game-winning RBI in all four games of, I think it was the ALCS, the ALDS, a record that will never be broken. I mean, like, it's it's these people that you don't expect to come through, 
And then they come Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really spectacular. It's really fantastic. And look, sometimes your best players don't come through. And, you know, game seven of the World Series, the Cubs won. In, in 2016, yeah. <laughs> Rashe Davis hitting a game-tying home run off of Geraldo's I, I saw this great interview with him <laughs> where he says that, that, <sighs> that Rajai has now, I think he said something like he watched that, that home run something like 50 or 60 times. Rajai Davis himself yeah. has watched that home yes, run? Yes, which yeah. I think is so awesome to hear because you think to yourself what is going through these players minds what do they think you know when they've lost on this grand stage and he lost and you know i'm sure indians fans were devastated but he is able to in that moment separate that and be like i was a six-year-old kid you know a 10-year-old kid one day in the backyard hitting rocks with my baseball bat pretending like i was in game seven of the world i mean i did that constantly i have a, a mini bat here in my apartment hold on Ugh. Where is it? Ugh. This is my my mini bat from uh, 1990. It was a a Detroit Tigers at Tiger Stadium giveaway, and as Anthony can tell, maybe I'll take a picture of it and put it on clubhousepodcast.com. But look at all these chunks that are taken out of this. Like these are all from rocks that I used to hit in the back in, in my backyard. You know, I, it was always Game Seven, and it was always a game time or a game tying or a go ahead home run, and. Here he is, this guy who's hit five home runs in his entire career, hyperbole. <laughs> so but crazy. It's, I, mean, I think it was something like he's only hit something like 40 home runs in his life. I, I can't remember exactly what the yeah, number was. Yeah, it's a very small number, yeah. Some ludicrously small number and against, well, that was against Chapman, right? Chapman. Against a man who throws at 450 miles per hour and there you go. The hyperbole. It's, it's, so it's, it's ultimately, yeah, the storylines in baseball are what keep you coming back because look, it's a, it's a grind. It's a February to November, you know, it's a six month season, but you got pre and post season in there. It's, it can be my Detroit Tigers. We are entering an era where we are probably not going to be contending for a world series anytime soon. But even within that, then you look at the farm team, then you look at the, the young guys coming up, you look at the, the old veterans that are still kind of sticking around. You just, there's always something to attach yourself to. And the players are another huge piece of the puzzle. I mean, it probably goes without saying, but you know, having, having players to root for play, players that seem like really great people. That's a little bonus for me. Um, having a great, like it's been really lovely in the last couple of years to have Joe Madden as our manager. Sure. You know, it's the peop, these are people that I can, it's not simply, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of Wrigley field and of the, the, the the logo and the whole thing and the team, but it's especially lovely to have this core group of players and manager and front office who are doing the right things consistently sure. to, to feel really good about rooting for. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, do you root for... It's nice that you have... These, these players that you can believe in and you can root for and whatever. But at the end of the day, are you a Cubs fan or are you a fan of these players? I'm a Cubs fan, but I really think like if there was a player who turned out to like, I had it on good authority was a total <laughs> monster off the field. I wouldn't necessarily root for that person as a, as an individual player, sure. you know, and, and I would probably hope that he would be off the team. Like, it's always you know, interesting because you know we're, we're entering uh, yeah. into this kind of era in 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 life and in the world with we've never had more access to anybody you know I, I, 
people who aren't baseball players or actors or musicians, like all of our lives are being just out there for everybody to see. And so it's, that's one of those interesting kind of journeys that, that we all have to go on as fans, as far as how do we separate or if we can separate whether this ball player, whether we agree with him on or off the field versus whether he just goes and hits home runs. And yeah, I think as of now, at least from what we know, most of the guys on, on the Cubs and the Tigers are, are pretty decent human beings. And so that's, that's nice to know, but, uh, let's, let's move on. So we're not just talking about the Cubs and the Tigers. You, you referred to something earlier. Uh, you have seen all 30 baseball stadiums. Yeah. Except, well, well minus I know, one. I know. Uh, New Turner Field is... Is, is it maybe, called New Turner Field? No, but, you know, that's I, I can never... I, I, it's impossible. What is it called? I, I, I honestly, God, it's impossible for me to keep up with what stadiums are named what. It's always New Comiskey. It's always New, you know, uh, Turner Field. It's new. I just... I, I can't keep up with the new corporate sponsorships. It, it really drives me batty. But, uh, yeah, so... At this point, you're a Cubs fan, but I think that do you still feel like you have a connection of some sort to all 30 teams? 100%. So uh, I will give you just a, a small truncated version backstory of, of, of my of who I am and bring what I'm bringing to the table here. Uh, in uh, 2013, I drove 17,000 miles in 95 days to go to a ball game at all 30 parks. It was the greatest three months of my life. And uh, what was fascinating to me is that I did start that tour as a hardcore Crazy Tigers fan, and I ended it as a baseball fan, where now it's, it's, it's very interesting to me to see how my fandom has changed over the years and how... And look, I've worked in sports for, oh Lord, 15, 16 years now for entirely too long. And uh, that's going to affect how you follow a game just because when you're sitting in a press box, you're not really allowed to yell and scream and make a fuss and whatnot. And so it kind of just, it, it changes. And you and I have discussed this off the air many, many times. Um, I do have two hats. I wear my my fan hat and my my reporter hat. When I've got my reporter hat on, I genuinely and truly am 100% objective. There's nothing in me that, you know, prefers one team to another or player to another. When I've got my journalist hat on, it, I don't care. I'm looking at it in very black and white. Uh, whatever. Um, so after I did that stadium tour, it's really fascinating to see how I, I appreciate the game now and the storylines that you talk about. So right now the Tigers are not going to be good for 2018. It's just that's, they're not. And that's fine because I'm actually excited to be able to watch and invest myself now in the 29 other teams and learn more about the other 29 teams and follow their farm systems a little bit more and their star players that maybe I haven't looked at in the past. And it's, it's kind of, there's a weird part of me that's like, you know what, the Tigers gave me 10 years of pretty solid and consistent great play, winning divisions, winning pennants. Did they win a World Series? No, and that will you know break my heart, and that's something that makes me very, very sad. I mean, they have won one in my lifetime. I was born in 83, so I got one in 84. Whee! I was almost exactly one year old. 
Uh, actually, no, a little bit over a year old because I think that was the end of October and I was born October 4th. So, yeah, I was a solid year old when the Tigers won a World Series. But uh, it's okay. Like I said, I, I, I like watching baseball. That's really what I like more than anything. And, and so it's been fun to watch the Cubs succeed. It was really fun to watch the Astros yeah. succeed. That was, I mean... I'm not sure. I mean, Ichiro is always kind of my standard answer for favorite non-Tiger, but I mean, Altuve yeah, is, uh, it's one in one A. Like, yeah. uh, look, I'm. Well, I mean, Altuve, he's, how many years has he been in the league? I mean, right. you know. But yes. even since day but one, yes, though, like, I, I, I love Jose him. since day I one, just because, look, yes. short people got to stick together. This is an audio yes. medium, but I am not a seven foot tall person. I am, I'm just a skosh under seven feet tall. So me, me and, me and Jose are, are brothers. What? more than a skosh. A skosh is not a, a standard uh, a definition. Like there's, there is no standard unit to a skosh. Oh so I think a skosh works. Oh a skosh can be whatever you want it to be. It's, it's true. Yes. I too love Jose. It's also been interesting to be able to be happy for the Astros now that they're no longer in our division. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, I, I, I constantly forget that they are not in the NL, uh, that they're not an NL Central team. And it, it, it shocks me every time. I, I miss them being in the NL, but, you know, it makes sense that they're in the AL, obviously. Because there was a time when they were a major thorn on our side, as you probably remember. I think it was like 2005, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a fun year for them. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's at this point... Um, while we are fans of our respective teams, I think baseball is one of those sports where there's 162 games. And if your team is not playing well by July, it's rough. Like August and September can be rough to watch a 60-70 win team just slogging out there and whatnot. And so you almost kind of have to find these storylines and find these narratives outside of your team because we can't all be the Cardinals. We can't all be the Yankees who are just going to be consistently in the hunt for 40 straight years. And I think one of the ways that you and I would recommend other people connect themselves to other stadiums and other teams is to travel and actually go see those ballparks. Sure. Um, another little self plug. We did do our, our, so I'm here. Look, we'll take a quick little, uh, plug break here to explain to you what this podcast has been in the past and what it's going to be in the future. But if you go back to our archives, which like all of our episodes for the most part are evergreen, like they are a big thing of what we do is we never really timestamp it. And there's a couple that are talking about like World Series when the Cubs won the World Series and stuff like that that are specifically moments in time. But for the most part, you can listen to any of our episodes at any point. That's that's why we recorded them the way we do. It's about why we love the game, not specifics about what's happening today or tomorrow. So in our back catalog, we've got great interviews with folks, not interviews is the wrong word, just conversations, I should say. Sure. With guys like uh, John Hamm and Jimmy Pardo and Greg Proops, with uh, wonderful folks. Uh, Joan Walsh is uh, a great one. Uh, Lindsay Barra, as I said, Lindsay's the only one, unfortunately, where we did, we try not to do conversations over the phone. Um, cause the audio quality is not always that great, but Lindsay has so much awesome stuff to say about her grandfather, Yogi. Um, Jackie Emerson's a great episode to listen to. Um, we got a lot of those great guest episodes, uh, Aaron Foley, whatever. Um, but then we also have our 
stadium series uh, where we actually forget the the stadium series when we just kind of talked about each one of our experiences with each one of these parks. And then we tagged on an episode of the Rounding Third podcast, which was my podcast I did back in 2013 when I originally did my 30 stadium tour, where I interviewed fans about each park so you can kind of get a sense of what their ballpark means to them. Uh, but then we have the episodes where you and I were on the road. I guess this was 14, 15, 16. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, I think it was 15. I think it was 2015. When we were on the road helping Mr. Rapp check off the last... Hey, check off. Hey, it's a Star Trek thing. Yay, Star Trek nerd. I got it. And theater. And Anton theater. Chekhov. Oh, yeah, Chekhov's gone. Look at this. Tying it all together. But we, he checked off the last, I think it was 17 ballparks that he hadn't Something done. Something like that. Uh, and so we did those together. So you'll be able to join us and hear Anthony's first reaction to visiting a lot of these ballparks. And we hope that that- The good and the bad. The good and the bad. We hope that it inspires people to do these types of trips themselves. Because really, uh, there is nothing- Every time I watch a ball game now, I'm like, hey, I remember that stadium. I remember that fan base. I remember that- crab sandwich that I had there or that, you know, hot dog that I had there or that part of the ballpark that I took this great picture at or whatever it is, you know, you just feel like you are a part now of this thing that has been around since 1845. That's a long time. It is. <laughs> I mean, how much, we don't have a lot of old stuff in this country. Like we're no. a relatively new country in the grand scheme of things. And baseball is one of those things that truly does connect us back to people 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, a hundred plus years ago, which is insane to me. And there's still stuff that's happening. That's never happened before in the game. Ugh. There still are records and accomplishments and weird statistical anomalies that continue to present themselves which i would like you know the nerd part of me gets in like if you take a, a, a some sort of math whiz when you have this much this many variables of opportunities for things to happen in 162 games times 15 which is you know 2400 right a games a season and that after all these years there remain this many things that can happen for the first time what are the what are the statistical probabilities of that? Being well, I mean, the case? it's like it's like with uh, when we're both poker players. I mean, it's like with with a deck of cards. They say that there is quite literally never been the same order of uh, like after a shuffle. Like every shuffle is truly unique. That because of how many variables there are, there's never been a duplicate shuffle, which doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but math, much smarter people than I yeah. have, have confirmed that this is true. And so yeah. I choose to believe them that, that, so I think it's very similar to that, that when you have this many variables and this many, I mean, what is, I think Reese Hoskins had the most home runs in his first 30 games as a rookie or whatever. Like you have all those, or yep. like you have your Tim Kirchin stats of like, Oh, on a Tuesday yes. Yes. after 4 PM, you know, when the weather is 32.4 degrees, it's this. And that's, Oh my God. Like that's, that's, I smile every time I see one of those ridiculously stupid and funny and amazing stats. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, speaking of which, the Ben Lindbergh episode would be a good one for people to listen to. That's where we, uh, here we go. I'll plant my flag now. So the new listeners attack me at rounding third MJ on Twitter. If you'd like, you know, I'm not a sabermetrics person at all. I feel like, and here's, I'm going to say this on, on the air. I've never said this to you before. 
you and I, when we first started hanging, you were not a sabermetrics person. I feel like you have become more of a sabermetrics person over the years. I feel like you have been indoctrinated and you are being sullied and you are being influenced by these nerds, by these math nerds. Only, only a little bit. I mean, I've been a pretty avid fantasy baseball person and I've, so I've paid a little more attention to, to stats and to which stats seem fair and which stats seem not fair. And, you know, I'm certainly, I'm certainly anti W for the pitchers being a significant stat, for instance. You I'm do not way, think that pitchers should have. No, wins. I think they can have, I don't, I'm not anti them having it, but as it being the arbiter of their being like a great pitcher or not, as the only thing that people look to when they're voting on the Cy Young, for instance, if they have a 1.5 ERA and a losing record because their team never got them a win, you know, because they couldn't score any runs for them, that seems crazy to me. If they were not going to get the Cy Young because they have two, two, like more losses than wins or, or not enough wins, you know, that's where I start to go a little crazy, sure. you know. Um, well, with, I think with, ultimately, whether it's sabermetrics or traditional stats, being married to any one or even two numbers is silly for anybody to do. I think I'm pretty sure everyone would agree with that. Um, it's in the abolish the win or abolish the no, save. I don't, you know, I don't want to abolish, abolish no, no, all no, those no, things. No. no, those things still no, no, still no. do matter. I know it's it's whatever. That's that's a conversation yeah. for for. Yeah, I mean, but if you, you know, if you're in a murderer's row team with like, that's scoring 15 runs a game and you <laughs> give up eight runs a game and you have, you know, 20 wins, that's also ridiculous. It so, will be interesting, you know. like you said, and, and it, uh, I guess this will timestamp this a little bit, but it'll be interesting. We are recording this before the season starts in 2018 here, but yeah, the 2018 Yankees are a perfect example where it'll be like, yeah, they've got the new murderer's row here of guys that are going to probably hit 400 home runs, but they're also going to strike out a thousand times. But regardless... Uh, I feel like no one's talking about that, but, uh, no yeah. one's talking about them strikeouts. Yeah. Right? I don't think I, I everyone's, everyone's <laughs> focusing and everyone's all excited about Stanton breaking records yeah. and judge breaking records and, and yeah. Sanchez and bird and all these guys that are going to be hitting home runs. But it's like, yeah, those, they all strike out. A lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. I remember a few years ago being on an airplane and they, whatever reason, airplane magazines sometimes have like these little weird features and things. And one had a little teeny sidebar on baseball. And they talked about like in, in the whatever year, 1930 something, 1940 something, there was a player who struck out, I think exactly three times in the whole season. Oh yeah. I mean, that was like DiMaggio and all those guys back in the day. They never struck out. Like there was actual pride in putting the ball in play. And this is where, once again, the sabermetrics folks at rounding third MJ, go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. I get it. Uh, but I do believe that Strikeouts don't matter. Strikeouts don't matter. Strikeouts absolutely matter. You put the ball in play, anything can happen. Yeah. I, so okay. So an out if, is if not we're going to do, if we're gonna do this, <laughs> aren't the sabermetrics people also always supposed to sacrifice bunt? Always? Are they? I can't. I, I think, no, no, no. I think, they're against that. Yeah, bunts. that's what I mean. They're always opposed yeah, to yeah, sacrifice yeah, yeah, bunt, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't. I don't agree with them on that. They're also pretty much anti-stolen bases, I right? Agree. Well, I don't agree. I'm saying yes, yes, yeah. they are. So I, well, you know what? And here, yeah. and this is where, and this is why the Ben Lindbergh episode is probably better for you people that are probably quite literally screaming into your wherever you are on your ellipticals or in your cars, screaming into the speakers. We are not the best representation of sabermetrics people, and so, uh, like I said, the Lindbergh episode is a fun one just to hear me get schooled because Ben does explain to me why I'm wrong multiple times. But uh, so I don't want to feel like we are miss characterizing what sabermetricians think. Uh, I think what we can both agree on is that on either side of the debate, 
extremism is not good. Yes. That there, there needs to be some, because there are like, I love Whip. Whip, I think, is one of the best. Uh, Whip new, is walks plus hits per innings pitched yes. for those people who don't know all the stats, right? Whip is a, yes, and Whip is a fantastic. Which I, it's a great, I agree with you. It's so a there, great are, stat. there are absolutely stats that, that we need to incorporate. Here's one I hate. <laughs> Fielding independent pitching. <laughs> that is the most, to me, the most ridiculous stat. Yeah. Fielding independent pitching because a team exists with fielders <laughs> and a pitcher. So it's reliant yeah. on its fielding to make outs. Yeah. And anything so, like- so to say that a pitcher gets bonuses, I mean, yes, okay. If you strike out people, great. Yes, of course, that's being an effective pitcher. But- if you also are a pitcher who pitches to contact because you know you have a great fielding team behind you, that is worthy of its own merit as well. I agree. So and anything that's with, one. with with a Z in it, these UZRs and all that stuff. But basically, all the defensive metrics. Just I don't. I fundamentally don't understand defensive metrics because so much of that is based on positioning. So much of that yeah. is based on it's just it's it's. I don't know how we're quantifying that as a number. But I think that the fielding stuff is getting better now because there's all the tracking stuff you can do with the technology. You can you can literally measure people's foot speed and and their 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 uh you know angle of sure how they get to from point A to point B and all of that. So they I think that. I don't know how that translates into these acronyms, but <laughs> I do believe that fielders are being appreciated on another level right. because you can actually break down what makes them effective. All right. Well, I'll tell you what then. So if, if for those of you who are pulling your hair out and screaming and yelling, and getting very, very upset at, at the both of us right now, um, if you have sabermetrics thoughts or if you have a guest out there that you think that would represent the sabermetrician community <laughs> well, at Clubhouse Pod is our uh, Twitter handle on Twitter. This one's at Albino Kid. I'm at Rounding Third MJ. Let us know, and we will. I, I, once again, if you listen to Ben Lindbergh episode, you will see that that as soon as someone infinitely smarter than me starts talking, I definitely will clam up a little bit and listen. I, I'm not just going to bully them and tell them that I'm I'm right because I, I I do admit that a, a big part of the sabermetrician sabermetrics in general is that it's look I'm a relatively smart individual. I think I can say. I'll grant you that. Thank you. And I loved math when I was a kid because of baseball. I didn't love baseball because of math. Like I would ask my teachers and whatnot to do things about statistics because I wanted to learn more about batting averages, ERAs, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff that I had on the back of a baseball card when I was nine, 10 years old. And for newbies, ERA is not equal rights amendment. It is earned run average, which is <laughs> right, <listen>. very important <laughs> stat. No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm being mindful that maybe there are people who are tuning in because of Star Trek or other reasons yeah. and are new to baseball. In fact, I've had a couple of people tweet me like European saying, I'm intrigued by baseball. I'd like to learn more. So maybe some of them are, and they said that they were interested in listening. So, you know what? That's, you know. I, I, shouldn't, I should not have laughed that off so dismissively. You're absolutely right. If you are, and nothing, tweet at us as well. If you are, are completely new to baseball, if you know nothing about the sport, we'd love to kind of talk to you as well just because, and, and, and hear from you as well because at the end of the day, baseball... All right, I didn't really get too much into, we, we, we did a lot of Star Trek talk, so I, I kind of forgot to give my truncated backstory. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of information of who I am as a human person, uh, I 
started, I've been a psychopathic, crazy sports fan since I was two. You know, I, I, Tigers, Lions, Pistons, Red Wings, Wolverines. Like I was a, I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan originally, and I've been obsessed with sports my entire life. Uh, I, I worked for ESPN for a little bit. I owned a sports magazine in Detroit for a little bit. Uh, and then I, uh, in 2007, uh, I lost my magazine for a story that's much longer than we have time to explain now. Uh, I basically walked away from it. Uh, I was six months away from a heart attack. It was just really blah, 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 bad. But at that point, I basically cut all sports out of my life completely for the next five years because it was too depressing for me to watch it because every time I would watch any sporting event, I would say, ugh, I should be there. And over the course of five years, I basically lost every friend and family member that I ever had. I had a nervous breakdown and I kind of started living in isolation. It was not great. In 2013, uh, fun stuff again, I went on this 30 stadium tour where I drove 17,000 miles in 95 days to go to a ball game in all 30 parks. And in doing so, that pretty much A, brought me back to life, but B, proved to me that this thing that I had actively cut out of my life and being baseball was the one thing that I truly felt connected me to my fellow human person, to society, to whomever it is that I talk to. And that doesn't matter if you're a fan of baseball or not. Let me explain what I mean by that. I don't care if you like baseball or not. I don't care if you have ever been to a game, if you've ever watched a game. I don't care if you think baseball is boring. I hear that all, all the time. I'm not going to disagree with you. But baseball to me, if you've never been to a live game, go. Because going to a live baseball game more than anything else on the planet Earth right now, in America, I should say, I shouldn't say planet Earth, I should say in America, is the one spot where as an adult, I feel... And one city in Canada. And one city in Canada. And I mean... I, to be fair, I have not been to a game in, in Japan yet. I need to. Oh, you have, amazing. and I have not. But I can only speak to my experiences. When you go to baseball games, it's the only place as an adult where I talk to other adults, where I talk to other strangers, where I talk to people because you're stuck there for three hours. It's a three-hour picnic. You're st and baseball isn't football. It isn't a game that is super high energy that you need to pay attention to every second of what's happening. You can look around, you know, you can have a conversation with your seatmate, hear the crack of the bat. You both turn, watch the play develop. When the play is over, you can go back to the conversation you're having. And, you know, it's, it's a sport that I truly believe transcends just what's happening on the field. The sense of community that I feel around the baseball world and the baseball community is better and stronger than anything I've experienced in my life. And, and for those of you who don't know much about it, I really hope that you give us a chance to kind of, through our uh, kind of discussions about it and, and waxing poetic about why we think the game is great, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll go and check out a lot of it. it doesn't have to be a major league baseball game minor league baseball games are almost more fun than major league baseball games uh so yeah that's kind of the weird journey of of manish right there is that is that the title of something the weird journey of manish that could be the title of something <laughs> no i am you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this to myself which is probably really stupid but um we're ending the it's towards the end of this podcast so if you've actually managed to to listen to this entire thing new listeners we'll see if you you do this i am writing a book right now 
And uh, I've been writing it for four and a half years. It's it's about, it's kind of a memoir, but it's also about, you know, this this 30 stadium tour that I went on. I'm almost done. I can see the finish line. I don't know when this episode is going to come out. Hopefully the book is done by then. But if it's not, once again, at rounding third MJ, harass me about it. Because uh, apparently I need people to to keep me on track. I need to finish this book. So so harass me. Keep asking me if I've, if I've got it finished. Cause it took me, I'm trying to count, like, uh, uh, eight years to write my book. Seven, seven, some like that. I mean, that's including time sure. where I wasn't writing because right. it was too hard to write. You well, know? and that's what's been happening but to me. In terms of that, from yeah. like first first chapter to last chapter draft, sure sent to my publisher, it was about six to seven years, something like that. All right. Well, yeah. I'm almost there, but still, I'd like to get it done soon because I do feel like it's um. Without spoiling what the book is about, it is about kind of my uh, feel. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Manish Jane is not a white human person. He, he's got brown skin, and and uh, growing up in uh, uh, this country, it, it it really has felt like I've been an outsider in a lot of rooms that I walk into. But every time I walk into a baseball stadium, I feel like I belong. And every time I wear my Tigers hat walking on the streets, I feel instantly connected to every single other person that is around me as an American, as a person in general. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's whatever I want to though quickly, uh, not quickly. Let's, let's move on to some happier stuff, uh, or not even happier stuff, just more, uh, baseball specific stuff. Last year was you meaning guys, 2017. I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. 2017. When did you guys start shooting? Uh, April. <laughs> it was actually opening yeah. day. Or at least you did. I mean, I know they were shooting a little bit earlier. Yeah, they, yeah, year. they were doing for episodes one and two. I don't, I don't appear until episode three. Yeah. So uh, I, but yeah. so, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Star well, Trek Discovery yet. Well, uh, but which CBS All Access, get it now. Hey, I can plug it for you. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it was great. You and I were talking about uh, last year. We had this great plan, this great idea that we were going to. Uh, the Cubs opened up against the Cardinals last year in St. Louis. Yeah. You, me, and and uh, Ken yeah. were going to <laughs> go to opening day in St. Louis to see the Cardinals-Cubs. Then we were going to drive to Detroit to watch Detroit's home opener on Friday. And then we're going to drive to Chicago on Monday for the Cubs home opener. Yeah. And go <laughs> to that. And then I get a text. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have to be in Toronto on April, whatever. Yeah. And it ruined I know. our plans. I know. But I how know. many baseball games did you go to last last year? One. And which one was that? A Blue Jays game with Manish. Jay. It was opening day. We yeah. did get to go. I did fly up to uh, Toronto and we went to opening day in Toronto, which was super, 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 super fun. Um, if you've never been to an opening day, I mean, I think this episode is going to come out post opening day most likely but if it isn't opening day yet or in the future every opening day forever go i don't care if you're a fan of that team or not opening days are so exciting yes. and so much fun whether you're a team with any expectations or none at all opening day just feels oh, i just i literally a chill just went down my spine thinking about uh, i think i can because i think I don't know how many I'm going to go to this year. Last year, I went to Dodgers opening day. I went to our, the Tigers home opener, and I went to the Blue Jays home opener. 
think the year before that, I went to the, I mean, it's just, I try to hit up as many home openers as humanly possible just because they're just fun. Yep. Um, so throughout the, throughout yeah. the season, yeah. you didn't really get to watch baseball at all. I mean, I, I watched, you know, I watched some on the, on the set. Um, and when I had days off, what's would, that like when you say, when you're watching on the set, what does that look it's, like? It's hard because so I had my iPad on the set on the Wi-Fi, but with the sound off because I can't have the sound on while they, if they're shooting or setting up, you know, or I could have it like if maybe if they're setting up, I could have it, the sound turned way down, you know, but I don't want to be disturbing my coworkers and, right. and whatever. And, and, and then I found sometimes, you know, with, if you've watched the show, sometimes the language I have to say is pretty dense and it, it was, it got to be a little hard to be like when I'm watching a game, I'm really into it. And I'm like thinking about it when I'm not watching it. If, if I have to like leave, you know, and do something else, it's like, I'm still in it. So it became, it became distracting in a way that was not very helpful to me having to speak lots of space talk, you know? Uh, so I, I had to kind of limit my, my viewing of games if, because, you know, I'm on set for 14 hours and it's, it's mentally draining anyway sometimes. And, so I, I would like watch when I could, when I wasn't like in the thick of a crazy scene or something like that. So I, I did watch some, but it was, it was, you know, and I did pay attention to the season and I was aware of the ups and downs and how, you know, rough the first half was in so many ways for the Cubs. And then the turned around in the second half. So I was able to follow it to some degree, but I wasn't able to watch it's the so way that I love to watch. Interesting. Just because, you know, when you've done your other shows, when you did then, when you did rent, when you did theater shows, you know, it's, it's, you and I have talked about this many, many times that it, you were able to kind of get into a rhythm because I mean, you're doing the same show every single day. You're not learning new lines. You're not learning your, you know, it's, it's, you are still putting as much emotion and thought and effort into each performance, but it's not anything new. So it kind of becomes uh, routine might not well, be there's the right a muscle, word, memory. There's, muscle memory. Yeah. It sort of kicks in. You, you hit, like I always, the, the metaphor I use, you kind of like, it's, maybe a stupid metaphor, but you like hitch, hitch yourself onto the speedboat and, and it takes you kind of thing, sure. you know? Um, so yeah, I don't have to do a lot of, I don't have to do as much like preparing, but on the set of a TV show, it's a lot of preparation every day because the material is brand new all the time and it's being rewritten and you rehearse the scene that you're shooting that day for the first time. And it's, so it's, it's just a lot of, it's a different level of concentration, um, that's required. Sure. And, and it is a very different rhythm of work. Um, and like I said, if it was a certain kind of scene where it wasn't as demanding in that way, I felt like I could pay attention more to the to the game, you know. But I had to be like a little careful about it, um, which was unusual. And and you know, but I did, you know, like I said, the, my castmates weren't necessarily ball fans at all. None none of them. But like one of the drivers was a big. Blue Jays fan, and so when we would go to, if he was like we, the drivers would rotate who would take me to and from set. But if if I was in the the car with Ricky, we would talk baseball, you know, and talk about how the season was going, and and so that was like I could get my fix here and there, you know. And certainly, I would talk to you, and but even like I had to like essentially give up on my fantasy team because I had sure. I didn't have any mental bandwidth to really stay on top of it and and pay attention and and even just do the daily transactions, all that stuff because of the demands of my job. So that was a little strange. Um, yeah, because this must have been the first season in probably 15 years yeah. that you were this disconnected. And it's coming at a time when your team is yeah. in this run yeah. where, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously 2016 will, will 
that will be in your heart for the rest of life. And it was so great because we we both were, I think 16, you were able to, that was the year you threw out the first pitch at Wrigley, yes. right? And saying, and that you, uh, we yes. were able to, we, we did a lot of baseball yes. stuff in 2016. Yes. And so that was great to be that connected to the team during that very special year, but it's still going now. And it's like, Oh, come on. Which brings me then to, uh, I mean, look, the Cubs unfortunately did not win the world series last year, no. which is okay, but they did have another fantastic run and Absolutely. they, they, they did well. When did you guys wrap? I can't remember. It was like September, October. No, we, we wrapped at the beginning of October. So they were October. already in the beginning of the postseason. So you were able to watch some of the postseason, but then when the World Series comes around, um, something else happened in your life that we kind of have to to talk about, and and, and because yeah, um, yeah, I mean, the, after it, I don't remember the exact dates, but um, I think it was the, around like the 20- well, the thirtieth is when the story broke, but but it was a period of a couple of weeks that I was in a process. Yes. Of, of going through the whole um, my my internal process and my external process of of learning everything I needed to learn from a lawyer, from uh, my people that I work with, from friends, from family, to come to terms with what the risk was of coming forward with my story about Kevin Spacey, and so it was a really a, a very um, mentally, again, mentally consuming process and emotionally consuming process. So I really didn't have like, uh, the, like the ability to kind of open myself up to taking in the, the, the drama of the baseball <laughs> postseason. I mean, I paid attention to it somewhat and, you know, and again, I, I knew that there was this stuff going on, but it was like, I was in a, a bit of a fog, you know, and, and, a, and not a, not, I didn't dive into, you know, I know that the World Series was apparently this amazing World Series between the Dodgers and the Astros. And from what I <laughs> followed, I see that that was true, but I wasn't watching it because I was in the middle of this this stuff. Um, and I feel, you know, I feel kind of bad about it because it was, I know it was really exciting because I would get the, I would look at the scores and I see, I would read the recaps and stuff like that. First, you first know. of all, I mean, clearly you don't have to feel bad about that. Well, but I you mean, know, I feel bad as a, like it's, it's, but it's, but at the same time, I kind of rip myself off because it would have been joyful to watch, you know, and a good friend, a mutual friend of ours, Mackenzie Aston is a huge Dodgers fan. And McKen so like yeah. I, and he was also a guest on our podcast, but I like, I would check in with him about it, but it, it was still like, it was about a bit at arm's arms read, you know, like arms distance, arms length is the phrase I'm looking for, uh, which was an unusual state for me to be in. But again, it was a sort of extraordinary moment that I was engaged in. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't regret it, like in terms of like, you know, weighing these two things and one outbalance the other, right. but I'm just saying <laughs> it just so happens that that was the case when it was, you know, a pretty thrilling postseason right. in so many ways, like one of the best ever probably in many ways for, for a couple of the teams. Um, yeah, it was just, it was like, I was, I was on the outside of it for, for the first time again in a long time. Cause even the years when the Cubs weren't contending, I was watching the postseason a lot. Like I loved the postseason, and that, and that was something too, that even before 2003, when I reentered my, you know, being able to really follow the Cubs, I was still watch the world series, not every single year, but a lot you know, when I was able to, when I wasn't working, you know, the year 1996, when I was on Broadway with Rent, there were, the Yankees won the World Series that year for the first time in a long time. And uh, so we were right in the thick of Times Square when I left the theater and Times Square was having essentially a, an impromptu parade of 
of people. And there were so many crew members who were huge fans of the Yankees that they were. So I got, that was exciting to be a part of. And I, I loved being, being on the, uh, you know, being inside of it in some way. So, uh, I've watched the postseason, and it's been a big part of my life, even when the Cubs aren't a part of it. So yeah, I'm, uh, I, it was a little bit of a bummer that I that it sort of passed me by last year. But again, for reasons that are, I think, understandable and and <laughs> well, sort of not, extraordinary. Yeah. I, I will definitely uh, be the one to to say that, so you don't have to. That yeah, I mean that that's that's. Uh, first of all, this is the, I think, you know, this is our first episode of recording since that. So I definitely want to say that I've, I've never in my life felt prouder of another human being than, than I was. Um, it was, I think it was early October that you, I think I got a text from you, like maybe a couple days after my birthday about you thinking about doing this. And, and I was so, I think I remember my first response to you was, cause at the time you weren't sure if you were going to do it or not. It was so, this is such a heavy you know, decision to make. And I think I remember my first text back to you being something along the lines of, you know, I'm just in, whether you do this or not, the fact that you're thinking about this is at all, I'm incredibly proud of you. Cause this is, I know how heavy this has weighed on you for, for years. I've known this story for a long time and it's, it's watching you deal with that through the series and just through October in general, like I said, through the entire process of you ramping up to it. And then, the fall, I think it was like game four, game five of the World Series where when it came out. And yeah, it was the night, the, I think that crazy extra inning game, I think it was game six it may have been, where it was just a comically amazing baseball game. I All remember, the like a million home runs. Yeah, so. I mean, it was in the, and this is the thing that I feel like our, our long time listeners who really know you and really know your baseball uh, love and passion will appreciate this. It's so it, it's it's weird to conflate these two things because from the outside looking in and out of context, it seems so silly. It's like, well, what are you talking about? It's it's this massive part of your life in baseball. Like, who cares? It's it's just a silly, stupid game. But people who know you, people who know me, people who know this podcast know that baseball has been one of the most consistently important things in both of our lives for so so long, and it represents so much more than just a silly little game. I remember texting you through the World Series and getting responses back from you that were like what you just said. Yeah, I didn't really get a chance to see that. I'm swamped doing this. I'm doing that. I mean, that that week, 450,000 people were contacting you and calling you and whatnot. <laughs> and so it was Hyper really. And so it's just, it's, it's, it broke my heart because I know, I, I, I know how much that was affecting you on top of everything else, which once again, out of context sounds so silly and stupid, but it's true. When I look, baseball saved my life. Like that's not, that's not hyperbole. I know I am a hyperbolic person by nature. Yeah, I know. I know that that's not hyperbole. Baseball literally saved my life. And so I'm, I'm very much aware of how much it can mean to a person. And so, uh, and try, you know, the, like any, like, the, the drama, the triumphs, the sorrows, all of it are, I find really, really moving. And it's just, it's, it's and, look, it's anytime, it's why we as people will watch movies, we'll watch TV shows, and we'll have this, this, we'll cry, we'll laugh, we'll do all these things. I mean, I've cried more over baseball than anything else in the world, out of happiness and sadness. You know, it's, it's, you know, I was um, just, I, w I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about how, Yes, 
the Tigers have not won the World Series in my adult life. But in 2006, they were three years out from losing 119 games. The Tigers were the worst team in baseball my entire childhood. And I had a kind of weird childhood. You know, I've almost died six times. I dealt with massive depression. I've, I've, I've had a weird life. And in 2006, I was able to take my dad to the World Series and we sat behind home plate and I broke down. Like I just, uncon- we lost badly, but it doesn't matter. Like it just being there yeah. was so powerful and so just overwhelming to me that, that you know, I'm glad that, look, at the end of the day, as I've said, I, I've, in my life, I've never been proud of a person that I was you know, the day that you told me you were going to actually come out with it. And then when I read the actual piece that came out, which by the way, if anybody hasn't read, that's the one thing I will say, and Anthony doesn't have to say anything about this being on this side of the, of what just happened. Um, Adam, what was his last name? Very Adam, very, who wrote this beautiful piece on Buzzfeed about everything that happened, seeing the next 24 hours of X amount of other journalists uh, uh, kind of doing their versions of the story and taking out a paragraph here and a paragraph there and kind of weirdly telling half the story. It's just, I'm not sure how many of you have actually read the full story. Yeah, I don't know either. It, I mean, I know that it's, you know, I know a lot of people clicked on that page. But, like, but to read know, the but, actual full, whatever, three, four page, however long it was, it's incredibly well done and gives you a, a fascinating insight into just many things. So whatever that, that, you know, it's, it's, I think that, that the fact that you did that, I'm insanely proud of you. Oh, thank you. And 2018 and beyond now, we can go back to loving our game the way we love it. And yeah, I'll be really curious to see how much I'm going to be able to, you know, I have no idea what's in store for me in season two in terms of the amount of material I'm going to have, the density of the material, the, 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 you know, the numbers of episodes I'm going to be a part of any of it. I've been so, hearing a lot of online buzz that they want you to have an Indian sidekick. It's oh, just, sir. it's, it's, it's oh, what I've heard. Sir. I'm oh, just saying is all a guy that can just kind of be oh, up there sir. and a tell short, you. A very, very is tiny, there, a very tiny. A skosh under seven foot. Sure. Uh, yeah. is there space baseball? Why is there not baseball in Star Trek? There's there's baseball in Deep Space Nine. Captain, well, Commander and then Captain Sisko is a baseball fan. And he and his son have a, like a thing about baseball. And there's an episode where he's on the holodeck, which you don't know what that is because you haven't watched (laughs) the later um, series that have a holodeck, which is where people can go on and, and essentially allow the computer to create an alternate, sort of like a virtual reality, but it, like where you can actually walk around and participate. I was into a hollaback girl. Thing, no hollaback. So anyway, there's a, I haven't watched it yet because I'm watch. I'm like earlier on in deep space nine, my, my watching through the different series, but there is an episode in which he apparently does a holodeck game where he's playing like old time baseball players. And really? Like yeah. All right. Well, and it's apparently great. I still feel that there needs to be, I think, that if we can just get the, your producers on the horn and, and see if we can get a little baseball episode of Star Trek, you know, I think that would be fun. Sure. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, no, I mean, unfortunately, you are once again filming during the heart <laughs> of baseball season. Yeah, I mean, essentially April till october is somewhere <laughs> just, in there. I mean, it's... Come on. Come on. Can we just pick any other time I know. to do it? So uh, we're gonna. This is uh, we're gonna wrap up the episode here uh, pretty quickly here because we we wow we've been going for for an hour now. 
Um, we also have all new equipment, so I'm not sure how the audio quality this is going to be based on our other episodes. So we're 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 trying out a lot of different uh, things this year, and so I want to firstly say. Uh, thank you so much to all of our listeners that have been around since day one for being extraordinarily patient with us and sticking with us because I get it. Like we just, Anthony and I talked about this so many times last year. How do we do this? What do we do? I tried going up to Toronto. We tried going, it just, it just, it didn't work, you know? And the fact that there really aren't a lot of baseball fans on the- <laughs> <laughs> Meaning not a lot, meaning zero? Yeah, on the track uh, set really kind of affected us a little bit. So here's- Look, here's the bottom line. We have no idea what the future of the Clubhouse podcast is going to look like in reality, but we can tell you what we're going to be doing right now and what we're going to attempt to do. Uh, We are in the midst of while Anthony is still in New York. uh, We're going to be in New York. We're going to try and be in L.A. for a short period of time and record as many episodes as humanly possible. Um, That may not be a lot. That may be five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know. It'll be... It certainly is not going to be enough to come out once a week. That's just not something that we're going to be able to do for the foreseeable future. Um, But we are absolutely, we have a couple of guests lined up that I cannot tell you how excited I am to have them on. You are going to absolutely love these human people who are going to be fantastic. Um, And so what we're going to do is we're going to try and release an episode whenever we can. So it might be once a month. It might be once every two weeks, every six weeks, every four or five weeks. I don't know, but it will be throughout the baseball season and we will release as many as we can. So what you can do is subscribe in iTunes, Clubhouse Podcast. Uh, subscribe so that you just know the episodes come out so you don't have to worry about, you know, constantly Googling to see if we have an episode come out. And rate and review. Rate, rate and review. That really helps get the thing uh, up in the iTunes rankings, whatever, so more people can find it. Uh, a couple other things you guys can do for us: follow us at Clubhouse Pod on uh, Twitter. And regardless of whether we are recording episodes or not, Anthony and I love talking baseball. So tweet at us twenty four hours a day, and we will, you know, chat baseball with you whenever we can. Because here's the bottom line. Why do I keep saying here's the bottom line? What am I doing? I'm in a weird rut. I haven't recorded in a long time, so I've got a lot of weird verbal tics I need to uh, uh, flush from my my vernacular. Uh, so if we can get a lot of feedback on this, whether it's uh, at Albino Kid, at Rounding Third MJ on Twitter, at Clubhouse Pod, if you guys tell us that you want to hear more of this, what we can plan on doing is whenever Anthony is back in New York or whenever we, I am up in Toronto or wherever we're at in the same place, we will record as many episodes as humanly possible so that moving forward, maybe next year, we can come out with maybe a weekly or a biweekly thing. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that you guys actually want us to do that. So, so please um, tweet at us, follow us, subscribe on iTunes, rate and review. That's a huge, huge part of it, you know, giving us... Five stars would be lovely. Yeah, five stars. Come on. Uh, Giving guys a five-star review. And then, uh, honestly, like writing in a little comment section just something. In the comment section, tell us about your favorite stadium or your favorite team or, or tell us a little story or an anecdote, and we'll we'll read those out on, on uh, the air uh, when we're able to record. So... Yeah, like I said, this is this is the awkward part. Of, no, I'd like <laughs> to get. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get some. It would be fun to have some some listener listener 
messages to be able to share with people or questions to answer, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because yeah, because that's the one thing that be, we it doesn't have to be timely. I mean, it doesn't have to be like time sensitive. Right. Because the other thing that we can also do is is throughout the season we might not have guests as you go back and listen to our past episodes we do i mean just like what we're doing now we do do episodes just with anthony and i so that is something that maybe we can do we just don't like doing phoners with guests because it gets very very complicated and really you don't get the, the full vibe of this show but uh anthony and i can do episodes just the two of us so if you want to do q a episodes if you want to do just random special baseball episodes he and i can do that uh throughout the season a couple times here and there and that's not going to be a problem so yeah at clubhouse pod on twitter at rounding third mj on twitter at uh and instagram and all that stuff at albino kid on twitter, twitter at albino kid 20, 1026 on instagram um who took albino kid on instagram i don't know Ugh. Yes, I'll buy like a 1026 on Instagram. These are way too many plugs. I'll put all of this on clubhousepodcast.com. Uh, do you have anything else that you would like to say to our lovely, fantastic, wonderful old listeners, new listeners, future listeners, baseball fans in general? Thank you very much for, for tuning in. Thank you for all of your ongoing support over these many years of my life, but especially in the last year, last several months, especially, like extra special. Thank you for your support. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this to this upcoming season. That there's some the Cubs have gotten better, I think, significantly. Um, we'll see. But anyway, I, the Detroit Tigers, not so much. <laughs> Other teams, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things that have happened in the off season. There's a lot of free agents that are still running around, not without a team. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really fun season to 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 watch what unfolds. The 2018 yeah. season is is definitely yeah. one where I fund them. And here's the one: I don't do predictions. I never do predictions. Predictions is not a game that I get into ever. And more than ever. 2018 is insanely unpredictable. Yeah. I it feels I'm, it feels like a weird year. I don't know why. This just feels like a very weird baseball year. I, I, I don't know. It just something doesn't feel. I, I don't know. It feels weird. I All can't right. explain it. So right. I that articulate as usual. That's my Janet. That's my uh, uh, weird prediction there. That yeah. it's it's a weird year. That's the only thing I'll predict. I okay. feel like this is gonna be a weird year. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Thank and you. We will see you next time here in the clubhouse. To follow Anthony on Twitter, he's at AlbinoKid. I am at RoundingThirdMJ. To contact the show directly, we are at ClubhousePod and ClubhousePodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing your baseball stories, so please keep those coming. And as always, rate and review us on iTunes. The Clubhouse Podcast is produced by Zach McNeese. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.